The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Take your leadership to the next level. It's time for the Foundational Missions Leadership Moment with Scott McClelland of FX Missions. Hi, Scott McClelland with your Leadership Moment from FX Missions. Appreciate you tuning in. We've got a, a rare treat today. I don't know, is that what we would call it, Tony? Or <laughs> Are you rare? No, nope, but you're a treat. What? This is Tony Hedrick uh, from ACCI Adventive Cross-Cultural Initiatives. Am I getting that right, Tony? Yep. Yeah, you got it. It's a mouthful. Okay. Yeah, that is. I thought I had it until I started, and then I go, uh-oh, I'm doing this wrong. But yeah, thank you for being with us, Tony. You recently are on a, a From the Forefront episode with us. Of course, we've known each other for a number of years now. I think we met, actually, at Starbucks, where I was talking too loud about Jesus to be ignored. And I, <laughs> loud people don't know they're loud, I think, is the is the whole issue there, Tony. Right. But in this case, I'm thankful I was loud enough to... Uh, be getting the attention of people I wasn't talking to, sadly. Yeah. But in this case, it was a blessing. So I uh, appreciate that. It's been, I don't know, several years ago. It's quite a while, yeah. Yeah, your grandson, who was with you at the time, was 10, I think, or maybe 11. I don't know. Yeah, boy, that is a while. No. Yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. eight years or so, about eight yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. cool. Very cool. I appreciate you jumping in with us on the leadership moment. Leadership moment, typically we talk about keys or specific points of leadership that in your life and experience you've noticed to be important, maybe something that you want to pass along to the emerging generation. We focus on leadership and and the ideas and concepts of leadership in the interest of growing therein and being in a position to manage responsibility well. So thank you for taking some time to think about this in advance. What do you want to talk to us about regarding leadership this time, Tony? When I became a believer in 1975, I, of course, I was raised in a, a Christian home, but uh, I was 30 years old before I finally surrendered my life to Jesus. And when that happened, it was in a small town and it was in a, in a house meeting. And the people in the house meeting, I'd never heard of these people before, but they were they were called Plymouth Brethren. That's what they were called. You you know they're <laughs> they're known in some circles as the Christian Brethren or the Plymouth Brethren. They had a, what they believed to be an ecclesiology which was more biblical than churches. And uh, so, as I became a, a Christian and began to fellowship with them, I I didn't know any better than to think that what they were talking about was biblical and it was right. And their idea was the priesthood of every believer was very critical, that it wasn't mm -hmm. enough that that seminaries weren't the way to go. It wasn't the way to develop leadership. And so it, it wasn't that I became anti-seminary. I, 
I've been to seminary. I've been to five seminaries. So I, would, I didn't become <laughs> anti-seminary, but that right. ministers uh, aren't made, people who can do ministry aren't made in a classroom. They're made by experience. They're made by doing it. And the biblical model of becoming a minister is the model of is field driven. It's driven by experience, driven by going with Jesus, watching Jesus, doing what Jesus did, having him watch what you did, you know, and that's how the, uh, <laughs> that's how they learned how to do ministry. And so I'm learning more and more that so many people who've gone to seminary fall in love with books, but not, they don't know how to deal with people. They become, Ooh. a lot of times they don't know how to do ministry. And the Bible says that we need to be able ministers of the new covenant. And so when when we got saved, we got saved in a charismatic brethren assembly. Uh, they didn't call themselves <laughs> a church. They called themselves an assembly. The church was never a building for them. The church was the body of Christ. That's what the church was, the called out. And so every yeah. single person it got the idea that they needed to know the Bible. They needed to know how to pray for people. They needed to be able to initiate ministry, pray for the sick and all of this sort of thing, which now makes a lot of sense for me because I go to church, many churches where the laity, and there's no distinction between laity and clergy in the Bible. Right. The laity tend to set back and allow the staff, the professionally trained people do it. So what ends up? is we end up having a new priesthood. We have an evangelical priesthood. We don't have a Catholic priesthood, but we have an evangelical priesthood, which are only those people who've gone to seminary and studied Greek and Hebrew. We didn't grow up in the ministry like that. Every single person had to get out there and to do the gospel and share the gospel and, and pray for people and minister to people. So I think that the Jehovah's Witnesses have come to understand leadership in some ways better than the evangelicals. They have come to know that every single person has to be equipped for the purpose of doing ministry. It really is, even though I disagree with their philosophy and doctrine completely, they do follow the Ephesians mm -hmm. 4 model. That is, the, <laughs> the leadership is Sorry. there. I'm, I know you're laughing because you agree, because the leadership there is to train and to facilitate others for the purpose of doing the ministry. It's not, right. it's not that we just have people show up to celebrate us every Sunday and sit in the pew and listen to us uh, fill their heads with doctrine, and then yeah. they go out and do nothing. They don't know how to pray, even publicly. So that's how we were raised. So. Wow. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny, Scott, how you, you can have an experience in life and all of a sudden you read a book later on in life and you look and you say, by golly, now, that's almost a curse word, but by golly, that guy's writing about what I know about. That guy's writing my experience. So it's not that you invented it or he invented it, but somehow this writer, and I'm thinking right now of Reggie McNeil, uh -huh. In Revolu uh, Revolution in Church Leadership, Reggie McNeil began to see some things that I've always known intuitively. And so I've been taking this around to my leadership conferences everywhere I go uh -huh. to talk about it. So he said that the, the church has gone through, in leadership, we've gone through about five models. The okay. first was the leader as a holy person. 
He was a priest. The leader became a priest. Now let's let's start out first. Number one was the apostolic. Then came the Catholic Church, which the leader was a holy person or priest. Then along came the you know the Reformation, and the leader was identified as a wordsmith or educator. And then we moved into the parish model. The leader became a chaplain or parish minister who he hatched, he matched, and he dispatched. (laughs) (laughs) He hatched, he christened babies, he married people, and he dispatched them. He buried. He became a parish minister. And then now we've arrived at the leader as a professional minister. A CEO. That's what we have today that's being successful. Do you understand what I mean by that? Oh, uh, yes. A lot of the churches are run by CEOs, which are top and down, not bottom up. It's, wow. it's triangle, and you put the current model is the CEO. It could, it could be the wordsmith educator. It could be whatever. The leader is at the top and everybody else are functionaries, whereas the apostolic model where the apostles were at the bottom and the pyramid went the opposite direction with the apex at the bottom with the next level where the things like the the elders and then the deacons and then the people. But the pressure was down here at the bottom on the on the apostle. They weren't they weren't mm-hmm. at the top going down with leadership. They were at the bottom encouraging and developing leadership. So I yeah. think our yeah. model is all wrong. It's totally wow. wrong today. So when I teach, wow. I teach pastors already. Unless you, unless you equip your people to lead, you cannot grow over 70 people in influence. You can't. You might make it to 100. But you can't. You've got to hire more staff. Whereas if you train people to do the works of the ministry, your church can grow. Your influence in ministry can grow and grow and grow and grow. And that was the secret of the apostolic that, ministry. That is. Um, that was the secret. Well, you. I mean, this is going right along with some of the stuff I published on my blog recently, though I hadn't heard this story from you before. So I think you put it a lot better than I did when I was berating a new priesthood. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, leaders, the real test of a leader is can they make more leaders? Yeah, not can they make more followers, right? Right. I know we've talked at before in some detail when it comes to the way this stuff works and how many you can have unless you raise up leaders and what about how long does a denomination remain viable? How long does a church remain viable? Those kind of things. Right, Incredible right. statistics, and you're you're a wealth of those things. Just going back to what you said there, Reggie McNeil, I think that's spelled M-C-N-E-A-L. And you, the, no, I think it's N-E-I-L. I think it's uh, M-C-N-E-I-L. I think it is. I'm not sure it's Neil like that. Okay. I think it's N-E-I-L. And you're talking – the book is Revolution. In church leadership, although I think in his later editions, he changed the title of that. But you can still find it on Amazon okay. under that title. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. N-E-A-L because I Googled it before oh, I it? said Good. it. Yeah. And, right. Yeah, and there's one in stock. 
a paperback, five sixty seven on Amazon. The, you can tell. Can I tell the, you something, brother? Tell me, bro. My middle name, my middle name is O'Neill, so that's why I thought that he spelled it differently. It's like I would have recognized no. it right away. I was right. Like, I was okay, with cool. you because I had it spelled the way you talked about when I was looking for right. it initially and couldn't find cool. it. Yeah, the the cover cool. art suggests that that's the old edition, but I that sounds like really good stuff. But let me ask you one question. And we're already out of time. We'll have to double back and, and catch another session with you. Sure. How is it we went from apostolic, and as an example of that, Paul said, and besides all these things, I carry daily the weight of all the churches. That's exactly what you're talking about in your, your example of being on the bottom. That's where we started. Yes. Apostle, yes. priest, educator parish minister, pro, CEO, what, what do we hope for as a result? Or, you know, what do we hope <laughs> changes in terms of uh, this church leadership approach? Clearly, I, I don't have my faith or confidence in some broad-reaching sort of overarching brand-new movement that uh, is coming, that's going to sweep everybody back to phase one. I, I don't think that's going to happen like that. But clearly, if we want to go back to our roots at the individual level, I think God's grace would be all there for us to do that. So, Well, uh, look, you and I have talked about this, but every denomination, every missionary group, doesn't matter which ones, I could name a hundred of them from WEC to Wycliffe to, I can go through hundred, I mean, I know YWAM, Operation Mobilization, Frontiers. I've got them all in my head. They're all started. They're all started. Denomination of it started by a man. The man becomes a movement. The movement becomes a machine. And the machine becomes a monument. So mm -hmm. almost all major movements begin with an apostolic visionary leader. Wow. A visionary leader. Wow. Who then becomes missional. They begin right. to have a missional approach and he empowers the people to do ministry and he doesn't yeah. control it he yeah. supports it he didn't control it he empowered them to go out with it and they were team oriented and reproducing they said it's not just about you you've got to reproduce yourself you've got to multiply and mm -hmm. all major fresh movements apostolic movements are entrepreneurial right they're not driven nothing ever happens by a by a committee you know that. Right. Committees are the kiss of death. Yeah. They're the kiss of death. When churches become overcommitted, when anything becomes just totally the Edsel was made by a committee. Does that help you? <laughs> the Edsel car was designed by a committee. Yeah. But it is these entrepreneurial people who are kingdom conscious that make the difference. They yeah. see the kingdom more important than their kingdom. Yeah. And yeah. and this is why denominations die. This is why churches die. They become they become introverted. They become inside themselves, and they become self protective. They don't yeah. stay on the cutting on the forefront on the forefront of the cutting edge of reaching new people for the kingdom. Wow. Yes. Very true. We we're run we're out of time here, but okay, not out well, of content. We'll we'll solve right. that 
in future we may never run out of content but, right. but we'll, we'll, we'll take another crack at it one thing right. that comes to mind as you're saying that and just to give drucker some props uh, peter drucker said when when an organization begins to exist for the insiders yes yes it is the day that it starts to die yes and i think true. that we don't we we need to get that in a new and uh, a meaningful way and i'm talking about me, <laughs> you know, I mean, all of us, no one's excluded from the need right. to understand that. We'll, we'll double back the book again, Reggie McNeil, revolution in church leadership. Very good stuff. Thanks for your comments on leadership, Tony. Uh, if somebody wants to get in touch with you. How would well, they do it? I mean, they can reach me through uh, my email address if they want to get out of run, which is Tony at adventive.ca, not com. It's Tony at adventive.ca okay so tony at at adventive.canuck canada right ca right got it thanks a lot bro i really appreciate we'll we'll grab you again uh soon and uh, do a follow-up on uh this revolution in church leadership we're talking about thank you bud appreciate it much tony have a good one scott mcclellan for fx missions leadership moment to contact me or us please do so at fxmissions.com. And until next time, have a good one. This Leadership Moment was produced in partnership with Engaging Missions. Have your leadership question answered by contacting Scott at scott at fxmissions.com. Visit FX Missions to learn more about how you can grow your leadership and engage in missions. Visit engagingmissions.com for encouragement, insight, and resources from missionaries, ministry leaders, and church planters.